0: Welcome to the very first episode of Live from the Fever Swamps. My name is Damien and I am an atheist addict. It's been about a week since my last drink. I had a few white Russians about a week ago and played some Hearthstone because although I'm an atheist addict, I'm not a member of a 12-step program. I have been for 15 years. I was for 15 years and decided it wasn't for me. And I wrote a book about it. Called Atheist Addiction. And this podcast, so you desperately need a podcast, especially if you're an atheist. Um, we all need to tell our stories. I also have a great fascination with uh, Christian nationalism or Christian dominionism or Christian fascism, whatever you want to call it. And this is a podcast looking at clips from some of the more fundamentalist of the Christian nationalists, the true believers, not the grifters. I used to think the easiest way to define uh, issues in the United States is with race. I now realize it's both race and religion. And so what I intend to do with this podcast is play some clips of some of the Christian nationalists that I've been following for many, many years and talk about them in the context of my philosophy, the philosophy of the book Atheist Addiction, which is available for free on Patreon and free on Substack. There's also a Facebook book group, Uh, so please feel free to uh, pick that up and someone read it. I'm looking at Atheist Addiction to be a collaborative project where other atheist addicts come together to work out a way of managing our addictions without the use of higher powers and worshipping rocks and cognitive dissonance, and the denial that AA and its ilk are anything other than uh, evangelical uh, religious programs. My attitude to AA... Might be a problem for some people, and I don't mean it that way. I've I've made some very good friends uh, within Twelve Step programs, and I know Twelve Step programs have helped a lot of people. I have atheist friends who are quite happy within Twelve Step programs. So if you started to bristle, please don't do that. It just doesn't work for me. I don't um, I don't kick AA, but I do want to, want to show. AA and its ilk for, because I've been to AA, OA, and NA, so it's not just AA. I want to show them for what they actually are. They came out of religious fundamentalism, which I talk about in the book. Uh, Their uh, 12 steps are basically a conversion uh, to evangelism. Angelical status, uh, which means a radi- uh, radicalization, and they have all the hallmarks of a cult. sans the godhead and sans the tithing, all of your money to them. I talk about how fandoms become tribes, become cults in the book. The books are very long, and um, uh, so don't get annoyed if I, if you think that I'm giving AA a kicking. I'm really not. Uh, it's just it didn't fit within my philosophical framework and um, my goal to manage my addiction and have a drink of Resulfan and and not drink myself into an early grave is to eliminate my cognitive dissonance so eliminate anything that is causing me conflict in my head and aa Uh, and NA were definitely causing conflict in my head because I couldn't bite off the higher power and I couldn't bite off the uh, giving myself away to God. And I've never been able to do that in the 48 years I've been on this planet and a lot of that has caused me to um, addict. Uh, I I can trace back the origins of my addictions and some of my mental health issues to the cognitive dissonance of religion that has been implanted in me by the very Christian culture that I was brought up in. And that's the essence uh, of the book, looking at how you're constructed by society, and we are 99% constructed by society, and that society, part one of its fundamentals is religion. So you gotta believe whether you like it or not. And it never, never sat well with me. I would go so fast to say, it incredibly damaged me over the years. So there's all that wrapped up in it. I also have a YouTube channel where I play some of these, uh, some of these clips, and I also put them up on Twitter, uh, just showing how insane and very obviously accelerationist and wanting the theocracy of Gilead from The Handmaid's Tale uh, that these Christian nationalists are. So with that, let's begin. I listen to all the podcasts, especially all the Atheist Podcasts, and I think I've probably got Atheist Podcasts to thank for finally getting me into a full deconversion to atheism. Uh, They include all the odd favourites like uh, Hemant's Podcast, Cognitive Dissonance, uh, Knowledge Fight, the Jordan part of Knowledge Fight, because Dan's very quiet about his... Um, belief system thank god i'm atheist how to heretic sunday school dropouts uh, the serious pod uh, opening arguments you name it the list goes on i listen to all the podcasts and back in the day cognitive dissonance used to rip dave Dobbenmeyer uh, quite a lot because he was quite prominent on right wing watch But I sort of got addicted to him since then just because of his really confusing philosophy, his very obvious hate and and need for accelerationism and the weird peanut gallery of people that he has sort of surrounded himself in who um, chip in during his um, daily podcasts. He podcasts for about an hour a day. Uh, So I'm just going to read you a little bit of an introduction to Dave, uh, which is also available on on Substack and also on uh, Patreon. He was sued by the ACLU in 1999 for praying with his football team in Ohio. And there's uh, links in the document. He was also um, forcing them to speak in tongues and that sort of thing. Brought up Catholic, paternity, evangelical. Dogma was further radicalised by this radicalisation becoming evangelic in the first place. He was on local radio for a bit before starting the Salt and Light
1: Brigade. <laughs>
0: A network of militias around the country, which sounds like a lot more impressive than it is. He's fervently Christian nationalist and is further gone than most, consistently criticizing the love and compassion shown by evangelical churches. Heaven forbid! Though due to his chronic lack of influence, he's been consigned recently to the dustbin of Christian nationalist history. And I thought I should start sharing his particular brand of insanity with the outside world for my sins. The reason I'm fascinated with Dobbermier's particular brand of fire brimstone ravings is that he is the audience for people like Alex Jones and the Grifters. He was gutted when Rush Limbaugh died and was at January 6th with about 150 followers. Heating's true believers are the audience for the grifters and have drunk the Kool-Aid now have to rationalise everything through their very sick lens. He tries to raise money but I would not consider him a pure grifter like Alex Jones or other Christian nationalists. He truly believes this stuff. That's my fascination, the real hardcore Christo-fascist base. Dave is none too bright, and often on his podcasts he backs himself into philosophical corners where he claims the Bible can be said to say anything it can. God doesn't love everybody. You can hate people, that's perfectly legitimate, and the rapture isn't real, which is a big controversy among his audience. He finds something to justify himself and doesn't have the intellectual wherewithal to pull it off. He's not particularly pro-Trump, and although he welcomes the reptilian overlord believers into the fold, he doesn't endorse the full crazy of Q. He did go full margar on COVID-19, which got him eventually banned from YouTube. He was one of the last. And ties himself in knots just to justify his sheer unadulterated hate of anyone not white, male, and cis under the guise of Jesus. As per normal with people like Dortmoyer, most of his scriptural references avoid the Gospels because Jesus says nice things and doesn't want a war on LGBTQ plus and non-white people. He uses the usual nutcase prophets at the end of the Old Testament, Deuteronomy and Leviticus, of course, Romans and Revelation. He's been anti-abortion for years, that's his staple, although he's gone quiet about it lately, he just can't get up the momentum anymore, so he's swung into more LGBTQ bashing, toxic masculinity, and free speech lamentation. His underlying message is a violent uprising to correct this Christian theoc and everything he always says leads back to that. His use of feminism's factions always mean violence, though I'm not sure he has any idea how that would be achieved. Herein lies his problem. His militia attempts are comical, often cancelled due to lack of interest, and his Texas militia couldn't work Zoom during the pandemic because most of them are (laughs) pensioners. Yet. Pastor Bill Dunphy of the Salt Light Brigade was recently been indicted for his activities on January 6th, bringing Double back into the spotlight. The Epoch Times, of all places, reported on this because the Oath Keepers threw the Salt Light Brigade under the bus, claiming that they were also up there with with the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys as instigators of the violence. Dave used the indictment to fundraise, of course, and used it to criticise pastors, not as overboard as him. He hates churches something I have in common with him it is loathing comes from the fact they aren't militant enough so that's that, that's a, a quick summary of uh, Dave Dobbermeyer. comically at one point his son um, was brought up on charges of child pornography um, and he doesn't really refer much to his son much anymore Just as an intro to Dave, uh, I'm going to play about a minute-long clip. Most of his clips are a minute long because he tends to rant. I'm going to show you him pretzeling and going down a rabbit hole that he thinks is going to justify his ideas and it never works and he always ends up exasperated. He starts uh, by searching uh, the Bible for the word abomination and you know what he's looking for. He's, he's on a tear about um, LGBTQ rights and he wants to find um, the Leviticus uh, verse that you know says uh, says men men sleeping with men are an abomination but you can see where he gets just tied up in not having checked it before and just frustrating that he can't make his point this is Dave in a nutshell and it just cracks me up
1: 142 Bible results for abomination and the overspreading of abominations. For that is an abomination under the Egyptians. For every shepherd is an abomination under the Egyptians. Exodus, abomination, abomination. Leviticus, what's it say? Ah, huh? neither shall it be imputed unto him that offered it shall be an abomination. Why? If and if any of the flesh of sacrifice of his peace officers be eaten at all on the third day, whoa Nelly. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas and the rivers and all that moves in the waters and of living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination. By the way, dietary laws are no longer fully intact. He talked about the the abom the dietary laws, but they use woe and they use abomination a lot. I bet you this. I, I don't know. I'm on am just kind of stringing con- consciousness here.
0: The exasperated sigh is at the end there is just priceless and he this is what this is what's known as pretzeling I call this the pretzel wagon because he has to he actually walks himself into uh, the Bible contradicting itself he is a biblical literalist so obviously everything in the Bible has to be done at all times uh, which is completely unrealistic and silly and he suddenly realizes that oh no I'm reading stuff about thou shalt not eat produce and thou shalt not do this. Not the gay stuff that he actually wants to bash. Uh so he has to go uh, Oh uh, uh 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 no diet doesn't count anymore uh because it's 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 not about hatred and gays. Stupid Although he's completely consumed by hate, Dave is also human. He's sixty nine years old. He's been doing this for you know, since he was forty. Um, but he has grandkids, and he loves those grandkids. Unfortunately, he cannot spend a moment actually being human and genuine for his own sake. This next clip is a really good example of him showing some delightful humanity. He's worried about his grandson being sick, but then has to turn it This is the sort of the sickness that hatred boils up within you. Everything has to be about them and us. David's entire world is othering and it has to be some sort of malicious attempt by the demons. And he he does believe in literal demons. That goes almost without saying. This shows the tragic side of this sort of mentality. And when you drop off the end of the spectrum into full, unadulterated, radicalised belief and there's no way back, uh, this is where your head is 99% of the time and although these people are dangerous you have to feel sorry for them a little bit because there is no way back um for him to actually renounce his beliefs would destroy his entire world in the book i talk about my friend greg who who, i've just used his real name but um Uh, I use an alias in the book, and he's a fundamentalist uh, evangelical Christian, although he's a rapturist. He spends his entire life uh, clipping news articles, trying to find signs that the rapture is imminent. And I said to him once, uh, I, I said, Greg, if for any reason, for any tiny mote of time, you stopped believing in your God your life would implode because your entire life is geared around it. They go to church meetings. He and his wife and his kids go to church meetings like I used to go to 12-step meetings. You know, they're addicted to the church. Oh, I've got to get to a church meeting. I've got to get my fix. And it's exactly the same thing. The parallels between getting to 90 meetings in 90 days and then need for this emphasis on their radicalization uh is really really noticeable
1: two of our grandchildren uh, one of them had to go to the hospital last night and one of them is getting ready to go to the hospital this morning so just just pray for us dave david uh little zach's little uh, daughter had is having stomach issues or whatever so they went to took her to the hospital last night and our, our grandson david uh, fell and bumped his head last night and and um, his mom is going to take him to urgent care this morning so just if you were just just I don't know if there's the devil or not, but they don't want this being talked about, folks. Whoever they are. I just pray that you'd cover that you'd cover us today.
0: Dave always needs to get his talking points from somewhere somewhere. It used to be Rush Limbaugh. And there was one podcast where Rush had just died, and Dave has this weird tick where he blames his wife any time something emotional happens to him. I think it's part of his toxic masculinity, where he goes, oh, Michelle was really upset that Rush Limbaugh died. He also went to a concert recently, a Jimmy Buffett concert And he said, oh, Michelle needs, uh, really wanted to go and see Jimmy Buffett. No, she didn't, Dave. It was you. Anyway, there is a point here. Uh, He has to get his talking points from somewhere. He watches Tucker. He has stopped watching Hannity because Hannity uh, interviewed Caitlyn Jenner. So that was enough for Dave, obviously. Uh, But he's just recently, even just in the last couple of weeks, swung into Glenn Beck, of all people. Uh, Alex, I think he's a bit wary of now. The next clip refers to Alex, and although he's he's a, definitely an Alex listener, uh, Glenn Beck seems to be his place to come to, and he's been playing very long Blaze clips and then saying... Oh, uh, Glenn Beck must have been listening to us. Uh, No, Dave, you're the audience for Glenn. Glenn's a much bigger fish than you are. The rest of his clip is demonstrating how there is no pleasing these people. He has a go at the Supreme Court, who, you know, the most radicalized right-wing Supreme Court in U.S. history, because they are they see themselves as over God. This is always the last resort of Christian nationalists. It's the uh, appeal to authority uh in um in sceptical terms. It's oh, but God says oh, but god is is the final arbiter of all decisions and when you turn and say, "Well, what does that mean? Well, it's what I think. God is what I think, and so therefore they're the arbiter so after dancing around Alex Jones um, and he's had a few moments where he's had to pull himself up about Sandy Hook and we'll talk about Scott Kesterson later and how he danced around Sandy Hook as well. But then Dave gets into his um, his bashing of the Supreme Court because he cannot possibly come to any sort of um, favorable position on secular government, any sort of secular government, and that includes the legal system. And even though the court overturned Roe, they are still over God. And over God is just translated into Christian nationalist, um, doesn't agree with me.
1: We want Alex Jones to pay $275 billion over something he said. How can you punish something somebody said? You can't do it. Not libel, slander, all that kind of stuff. That's something else. Folks, are you with me? Do Do you see what they've done to us? Do you see what they've done to us? The Supreme Court of the United States, through judicial supremacy, has trumped God. They have trumped God. Judicial supremacy means the Supreme Court is over government.
0: With a week to the midterms, I always find it really funny to see how these extremist positions uh, land when it comes to elections, because it is really revealing how they feel underneath all the rhetoric about overthrow of the government and accelerationism and yada, yada, yada. uh, meets the road, reality meets the road when it comes to an election. So although Dave doesn't believe in government and, you know, government doesn't support God, there's always that little bit about, oh, but you should go and vote anyway. You know, just go and vote anyway, uh, do it as a protest, but make sure you vote Republican. And it's such a giveaway. It's such a giveaway that they don't, under it all, there is a respect for government and also... Uh, reality means that you actually have to go and vote to make change. That Dave is not 100% uh, sold on ultimate uprising. And that's very telling of a lot of these true believers. Like, where does the rubber actually hit the road? When are you going to, you know, take up a hammer and chase down the speaker's husband? Or when are you going to attack an FBI? uh and an fbi installation uh, they were all very very quiet when that guy tried to nail gun the fbi office because that's really what all these christian nationalists are calling for they want people to rise up and do that but when someone suddenly rises up and do what they does what they tell them to do they run them all in the shit scared um scott kesterson who's Um, The other person I'll be looking at uh, in this podcast and who I listen to a lot is exactly the same. He went dead silent on the FBI guy because he is a much more dangerous, stochastic terrorist than uh, Dave was.
1: If the Republicans do not have a red wave, I think that's what we're red, aren't we? If there's not a blue wave across America, all across America, then we know this, that the elections are rigged. There's no no other way to, folks, do you know anybody who's other, look, I I said to my wife today, you know, let's say 40%, okay, let's just say 40% of the electorate, both sides are brain dead. All the Republicans are always going to vote Republicans and all the Democrats are always going to vote Democrats. Let's say it's 40%, that'd be high, but let's say that's what it is. I can't believe that any person in their right mind would purposely get up in the morning, election morning, and make sure they got to the polls to vote for anything the Democrats are promoting.
0: Today in the first podcast, I'm basically just trying to give you a window into the world of these Christian nationalists, how they talk to each other and a really good example of that is their views on the ukraine and putin you i and rational people are well aware that the reason putin is using the church in russia is the church is a tool the church is a tool to to control the masses. The Russians are a very deeply religious people. The Catholic Church has been there forever. And if you control the church, you can tr- control the people. Unfortunately, the Christian nationalists, whether or not they realize that from a geopolitical standpoint is debatable. But uh, Putin has been saying all the right things to them. Firstly, Putin came out and said denazification. That didn't really take. Uh, there wasn't a huge amount of evidence except that one notorious uh, battalion of Ukrainians who, who were full on neo-Nazis and the right wing just ran with that and loved that um, because it's all about projection for them. But now Putin has pivoted to um, de-Satanification. Because that's a good word, uh, and they Dave has just jumped all over that. They do support Putin because Putin is a, uh, on the face of it, religious autocrat. Putin is about as religious as I am. Uh, it's merely methods of control, but they it plays to this um, the, uh, this subset of people who truly believe in demons and can uh, re- and can wind up the demonic influence to their bogeymen, the New World Order and the Jewish cabals. So uh, Putin knows what he's doing to stir up. Um, the very, very gullible uh, right in America. And this this next clip is just evidence
1: of that. Putin has appointed a chief exorcist as a criminal whips up satanic panic. Putin, when he invaded the neighboring country on February 24th, used the term denazification saying that was the goal of the so-called special military operation. But now a security council is shifting to the phrase de-Satanization. De-Satanization. What's What's, what's going on here? Putin says the new world order is satanic against Christian values. That's what Putin said. Which side's our government on? Putin says you're not going to bring homosexuality into our country. You're not going to bring transgenderism into our country. Uh no 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 you ain't teaching homosexual sex to our kids. You ain't going to do that. <laughs> no no no. And he's telling us that the values of the new world order that they're trying so hard to expand all across the world are satanic. Putin is saying that.
0: Boom. That clip was a highlight for me because right at the end there's the boom guy. Uh, the boom guy just cracks me up. Uh, he has one role in Dave's podcast, and that's to go, boom, anytime Dave thinks he has a mic drop moment. And uh, I'm going to put at the end of the podcast a bunch of what they regard as mic drop moments, and the, all of the peanut gallery are all always coming in with what they assume to be their absolute mic drop moment. Uh, but the boom guy is awesome. I think he probably used to say amen. I vaguely remember a time where he said amen to everything. But then he changed to boom. So Dave will say something and then there his this dead air because his audience are uh, in equal parts scared of him and wanting to support him. Uh, and the boom guy fulfills that role by going boom. He's just the best. I found myself a mic drop sound effect. So here we go. Mic drop of the day. This is from Clay, who's a real stalwart of Dave's and loves his mic drops. Here we go. I'm afraid, coach, the ball's going to fall in this country and the ball don't bounce. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, this is a Pilot as much as anything else of the podcast. I'm in desperate need of a co-host because uh, it don't, it's always it's always funnier with two and I can bat off someone but if you enjoyed this, I'm atheist underscore addict on Twitter. Uh, um, search for Atheist Addiction on YouTube. All of my Linktree stuff is on uh, Twitter. I hope you enjoyed it. We didn't get to Scott Kesterson, Bards FM, who's my other stochastic terrorist, Christian nationalist person that I listen to quite a lot. I also listen to Bob and Eric do America and various others, and I'd like to touch on them quite a lot. This was kind of random... Clips from the last couple of weeks today, just to give a sense of uh, what I'm trying to do. But I do want to start going into some deep dives around certain issues. Dave's attitude to conspiracy theories. uh, Dave's attitude to uh, literalism, like there were giants and Nephilim in the past. And uh, Dave's reliance on the Old Testament which is the fighty testament as opposed to the Gospels. He will studiously evolve uh, anything that Jesus actually says because Jesus isn't fighty enough. And you see this actually as a theme with all Christian nationalists and something I find fascinating and wish to explore, the pretzeling they have to do to actually get their book to say what they want them to do. Hopefully this will be once a week, might be more. Hopefully it will get up to an hour, but uh, enjoy. Any feedback is welcome, atheistaddiction at gmail.com. Now I think I'm going to go and have a bit of a smoke. Bye-bye. That
1: nature loves a vacuum. Christ removed, something's coming in.